0: Hey guys, before we get started, don't forget to subscribe, click on that notification bell, share. You could also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Now, today, on the Angel of Words podcast, we will be discussing autism with a mother of an autistic child, Miss Catherine Burgos, on deck, on the Angel of Words podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Angel of Words podcast. And today is a very important podcast because we will be discussing the Handicapped Children's Act of 1975 and the effects of its remnants in today's society. And to talk about this, we will be speaking to Ms. Catherine Burgos, mother of an autistic child. <laughs> Ms. Burgos, thank you for joining us today on the Angel of Words podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Not to be here. Thank you. Well, Ms. Burgos, you know, you you are a mother of an autistic child, and I know that that's not an easy burden to carry. And uh, with the coronavirus and and kids seemingly having to go back, things opening up, you already being shut down because you're from New York. You've already been shut down since, you know, basically early March. You know, first of all, could you take us through what it was like uh, dealing with that situation?
1: Um, it's been extremely hard. Um, everything just, you know, just happened out of the night. Just, the changes just randomly, you know, unexpectedly happened. So, and this has been hard, because, especially for me, because I don't have, like, a lot of help. I've been, I was mostly me, hands-on. Like, I'm, I'm a single parent. So, I'm 24-7 around the clock already, you know, having to do everything. And then now with the pandemic kicking in, it's like, now it's like extra. Like hard, I have to take him everywhere with me to get things done. It's just really hard. I don't really have help to get you know things done as I have to take him everywhere with me. So now, did hard. you
0: have did you have therapists coming to the to the home yeah. uh, during the pandemic? Was it something that you had to do via Zoom? Uh, you know, in terms of like helping him helping him out. Well, he was getting his
1: therapies in school, so now all the therapy sessions are being done through video.
0: Oh, everything's being done through video, and you obviously have to be there. And it's—it, it's, I, I could imagine it's kind of challenging because you know it's really—you know—I mean, you're, you're not a therapist yourself, so you really have to like really, you know, go above and beyond now to to make sure that your child is getting the uh, the, the proper care that he needs. And how long has he been receiving this care for? Um, ever since
1: he's been diagnosed since about the age of two.
0: Okay, the age of two. Now, could you discuss, like, that evaluation process? Because I know it must be difficult as a mother when you realize that your child may have a problem. Could you take us there, like, when you first started finding out that this is something that you may have to, you know, that you have to deal with in order to get him a quality form of education?
1: Um, we well, everything started at first. Like, I noticed that uh, at six months, he had, like, about six to eight words in his vocabulary, and then with time it started to decrease and i started to notice that something wasn't right you know he went from talking to not saying nothing at all then he was mm-hmm. stand, trying to stand up in the crib then he wouldn't try to stand so you also had, you know motor skill problems so i brought the test to his doctor and she suggested that i get him evaluated and so i did it i did and uh then they told me you know he had autism and i'm like i honestly i didn't know what autism was so i had to educate myself but I didn't have time to like dwell in it. I felt like, okay, if that's what it is, That's what do we gotta do to move forward? What could I do to help him? I didn't have time to cry about it. I didn't have time to really, you know, or oh, I didn't have time to be in denial. I knew that I needed to help him and I just said, what do we gotta do to move forward? And I got him help and I've been getting him therapy ever since.
0: Now this help does it come uh, is it something that comes out of pocket expense do the insurances pay are are paying for this does it come out of like social security disability like how does that situation work Um, the,
1: med- the medical the medical insurance covers it
0: Okay they do cover uh, and they cover all the therapies and you deal with different agencies I would imagine
1: Yeah
0: Okay now are the agencies uh uh you know do you tr- have trust in these agencies do you feel like they've been doing a good job thus far
1: I mean, I've had like at first in the beginning when he was younger, I've had therapists come in that were no good and I would just know and I'll get rid of them and I said, Listen, this is not working for me, send me somebody else. So I knew when people were there to genuinely be of help and care for him and I knew when people were there just to do their time and make their money and go. So, you know, I've had people that were no good in that and I got rid of them and then I had people that were good that, you know, I you know, believe thankful to them.
0: Now, that's a big issue because, you know, there's point 6. 6. five million kids in America that have some kind of issue and, you know, are considered to be, uh, you know, disabled in some way, shape or form. You know, there's 11, uh, if I'm not mistaken, there's 11.5 uh, billion dollars that are spent, uh, you know, for these kids. Uh, the, the money apparently hasn't been appropriated well. You know, not only that, there's been a lot of fraud, and because of that fraud, the federal government likes to be frugal with, 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 with this money because they feel like, hey, man, people aren't either aren't taking advantage or some people are taking advantage of the situation. And this is very important. This is something that is not a joke because if your child doesn't develop as well as they can, then they're going to have issues moving forward as they become an adult and as the parent gets older. So, you know, how does that make you feel as a parent when people take on these jobs as therapists and don't, you know, and don't do it for, with good intentions? Um, I think
1: that it's just, uh, very hurtful. I think that I don't understand why you would take on that type of job description. If you're not genuinely there for the right reasons, I feel like they should be doing something else. And it it hurts as a parent, because you're already going through it. So you wanna have somebody that cares. You want someone that walks through the door and they say, listen, I'm here for you. Because we're already going, it's already hard for people like me. You know, we have it hard as it is. And then we have to have people that walk through the door and generally are not there for the right reasons. It's hurtful.
0: Now, when it comes to like these agencies, I mean, uh, do you feel like some of them are implicit in in that kind of situation, or do they give you a hard time when you say you want to change a, th- a therapist?
1: Um, no. Usually, you know, they don't. You know, I give them the reason, and if I'm not okay with it, I'm not okay with it, and yeah. they just they change it. Sometimes they'll tell me, "Listen, it's gonna take us a while." I say, Wh- "Whatever time it's gonna take, just make it right." That's all I want. So sometimes they'll just that's their way of trying to tell me, either you stay with this person, or you're just not gonna have to. Therapy sessions for this
0: amount of time. And I Just make it right. I don't care. Just make it right. If the person is not working, I don't want them there. Now, as, as a person of 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 the um you know Latino community, Miss Burgos, you know there's a stigma involved. You know, p- you know, I, 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 we we sometimes seem to be a little bit insensitive. Like all oh, that, you know, the child's gonna be okay. You know, uh, there's that in the third, and you know, and you know, as a mother, like yo, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. But we may might me we, we may want to hold. You know, asking for help back because of the stigma and you know the, sometimes the feeling of embarrassment and pride. Did you feel a sense of that when you, when you were dealing with this? You know, in terms of you know your personal life with your family. Like, did I feel what
1: exactly? Like, I don't
0: know. Like, like, did you feel like you know, like a, a a little bit ashamed to admit the problem?
1: Um, never. I'm not really. A, no, not not ashamed. I wouldn't say ashamed. No, not at okay. all. Okay.
0: Okay, so you duck ahead on it, and there was no your family members were supportive. There was no issues on that aspect.
1: No, everybody's pretty understood. I mean, it, to me, it, it's more of it's something else more the issue than than accepting that. To me, it's like I accept it. I just I have problems coping with the staring and the you know when people don't understand. I kind of like still you know trying to get around that part.
0: Now, what would you like to tell those people that don't understand?
1: I just tell people like you know just you know look it up and educate themselves a little bit before they're judge people because now I've seen a lot of videos on the uh, YouTube and uh, all over the sites about uh, you know adults when they make fun of adults and not knowing that that person can be autistic But he's just a grown person or she's just a grown person and you're sitting there making fun of them thinking that oh they got mental issues you don't. they don't think they don't stop to think oh maybe they have some type of disability you know, and then they quit the pull the camera out, start recording. I say, and that breaks my heart because I say, that could be my son one day. And if I see somebody cheating my son like that, huh, not going to be good, you know? It's, it's, it's very sad.
0: Yeah. Sad. Yeah. yeah no i, mean. <laughs> I know it, and it, you know it, it, you know it, it's no laughing matter but you know it makes me sad the ignorance of people sometimes especially with all the information that we have out there and especially how far we've progressed you know you know we from like in the last 20 years cuz i mean i remember growing up special ed uh, you know special education they would group everyone in that class So, you know, you would have someone that was, you know, you know, dealing with Asperger's or, or who was severely autistic, you know, in a class with someone that just, you know, that just has problems with their speech. And there was really no no help for these children. You know, they were like they were like really cast off to the side. You know, they were very disenfranchised and and downtrodden children. And, you know, I I feel bad for for, for, I've always had like a a special place in my heart, especially because, you know, I have family members that that have dealt with that situation. And, you know, it's sad that we, you know, that we've to that we have as a society still have to educate each other to know that these things exist, you know. And it's like, what would you tell people in terms of like when you're in a situation like that, to help with their sensitivity?
1: I would just say, you know, like, if you don't understand or care to try to understand, at least don't do, like, the staring and, you know, don't be so quick to judge someone off the bat just by what you see. You never know what that person is going through. And it can happen to anybody. And just because they may not have someone in their family that that's autistic or has any type of disability... You know, don't don't give you the right to go and look at someone else in that type of way. You know, when I was a kid, my mother always told me, don't stare, you know, don't stare at people you look, you look away or whatever. You know, just, you know? just have a heart. Always be, always put yourself in that person's shoes and try to understand, you know? Or at least, you know, don't stay out of the way. <laughs> I got yeah.
0: No, I understand. And there seems to be a lack of sensitivity in this culture. You know, <laughs> p- people, you know, uh, I understand that, A a lot of people nowadays feel like, oh, my God, I got to be politically correct on everything. But my thing is, like, we we have to respect each other as human beings, you know? So how do you feel about the lack of respect that we seem to have for each other as human beings?
1: I think it's very sad, very sad, very sad, especially with everything that's going on. It's just heartbreaking to think that we can't even take a moment to not think of ourselves like everybody's looking in the mirror and, you know? People need to look in the mirror, it's totally the opposite. They need to look in the mirror and realize that, you know, just you know have a heart and just realize that anything could happen. You need, you could be in that same predicament that you're judging that person or you are fighting or whatever the case may be. You could be in their shoes tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow brings. So just be humble. At the end of the day when we die, we all go into the same place. There's no VIP section for nobody. So why why all the see, animosity and all the stuff that's going on around the world? We all go into the same place. Nobody's better than nobody. Everybody makes mistakes.
0: No, I agree with you 100%. Now, how do you feel about the government, though, trying to, you know, uh, take funds away from from all these, uh, you know, children that actually need it, you know?
1: I think it's messed up and it's very sad. Very sad that things like that just doesn't make sense at all.
0: Now, you know, they, they don't fund. The really, I feel like they, like they don't fund like the really important aspects of it because, you know, fifty six, I mean fifty eight percent of it goes to speech language and impairment, speech learning disabilities. But you know, seven percent of the funding goes to autism. You know, eight percent goes to intellectual disability. You know, what would you tell like you know these these uh, policy and these legislators? about, you know, what a, what a woman like you has to deal with on a daily basis and how important it is to make sure that these children have the correct amount of funding, especially in lower-income, you know, situations. Um, I would
1: say I, it'd be great if they did the right thing. You never know when you could end up with somebody in your family. Your children's children or somebody down the line could be in the same predicament. I'm in to do the right thing. Have a heart and just do the right thing.
0: Now, the people committing fraud, what would you tell them? because they're stealing um, money it's obvious you know they actually uh, to be honest with you the reality is that some schools use that situation to get more funding in their schools you know and then s- that some that money doesn't get allocated to the to the places that it should be allocated to the places that really need it what would you tell those those persons involved behind those uh you know situations i, I
1: will hmm huh. I would just say that one day they're going to see the mistake that they made and all of that's going to come right back. What goes around comes around. That's going to come right back and there's not going to be no good outcome from stealing and committing fraudulent.
0: Now, you know, and, and it's it's important to say that, you know, you are also a person you know and full disclosure uh Catherine and I are cousins and I you know I, I she is one of the people in my life who I've admired since uh a little kid because you have overcome cancer and child you know child cancer was it leukemia what kind of cancer did you overcome uh, ms burgos It was um Hodgkin Hodgkin's so, Okay, called- okay. Mm-hmm. You know and you know and I remember you know growing up I'll be honest with you uh nobody thought that you were gonna make it you know no. everybody was always worried everyone was always worried about you you know and and the fact that you've been able to overcome and become such a strong woman and and, and overcome that adversity you know you know what was that like you know uh you know growing up as a child and the the, the, the hardship that you had to go through um it was
1: difficult I missed out a lot of I was in the third grade at the time, so I had to repeat the third grade because I make a lot of city-wide and stuff. Um, when I went to school and I didn't have no hair, you know, kids would still ask me if I'm a boy or I'm a girl, even if they saw me with earrings on and even if I was would wear pink or dress like a girl. They'll still, I guess, just to have something to say, they'll tell me if I'm a boy or I'm a girl. So I get made fun of at the time. It was a very difficult time, and um, as I grew up, I tried to bury that. I, I didn't feel comfortable talking about it for a very, very long time. And so one day I said, you know what, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be ashamed. I kind of like, I, I reached a point where I embraced it because I feel like it made me stronger. So I, I felt like, okay, now I feel comfortable posting a picture of me with no, without no hair and stuff like that, you know, something that I tried to bury. Now I feel comfortable enough to put it out there.
0: Now, you know, I, w- was there ever a point where you were bullied in uh, school?
1: Not so much bullying. I guess it didn't, okay. it didn't go as far as like you know asking me if I'm a boy or girl, things like that. Just staring. I didn't have any hair, but any like anything worse than that, not really. No.
0: And you know, now as a woman, as you reflect on, on that situation, you know, what would you tell the old, the, the 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 little you right now?
1: Um, not to be scared. I was very very scared and shy. No, you know, I don't know. It's a very sensitive topic.
0: It's hard for me to, yeah, No, but you know, we want to empower the people that may be dealing with this, and you know, thank you so much for you know for even answering the question because you know it's important, man. I feel like people, you know, there's a lack of care in this world that uh needs to be stumped. You know, it needs to be stopped, and that's you know that's why I appreciate you telling us your story and you know you know your family. How strong were they? you know, during those times?
1: Oh, very strong. My mom was always by my side, and they were really supportive. Uh, my mom is my champ, she, forget it. My mom was always there. She really helped me through the whole thing. Like, my mom is my, my she's my rock.
0: Now, as a teenager, as you start, you know, as you start, to, how long was the recovery process, first of all? Did you have uh, any surgeries or anything of that nature?
1: Surgeries, yes, I had I had surgery about three times. They removed my uh my tonsils, and then they to do to put the kid for the chemotherapy. They had I had it done two times on one side and one on the other. So I have been surgery for quite a few times.
0: Now, as the, as you recovered, as you started becoming, you know, as you started be growing into your own, you know, did you notice a change within yourself, you know, in terms of like that that fighters mentality, um, or developing it?
1: In the moment, you don't you don't you, know, you don't think of those things. You just think you know. You just try to survive another day. Every day, you just try to do the best you can. I, I guess I was just trying to survive.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, and, and I guess, does it make it easier to relate to your son? You know, even though, you know, your, your kid is your kid. You're going to love him regardless. But it's like, do, does that build like even more of an emotional connection knowing that he's fighting just like you did when you was younger? Yeah, I
1: feel like, you know, it's really like uh, like another challenge pretty much. Like I overcame one thing and now I'm overcoming another one, but I'm doing it with my son now.
0: Now, how is he doing right now in terms of his progression?
1: He's going absolutely great. He's trying to talk now. And so, you know, he's making words out here and there. So his progress, uh, he's come a very, very long way. Very long way.
0: Now, did you, d- did you end up uh, electing, like, a certain therapist? Do you have, like, a certain therapist you like to work with now? Or, or is this something that you're alternating back and forth?
1: Um, he has with- a steady therapist from the school that he's doing, that he works with uh, via video. video.
0: Oh, that's great. that's great. And then uh, when they come over to, when they were coming over to the house was it different people or the same person.
1: No, actually, once uh, he was getting his therapy sessions in the school, so they, after a certain age oh, okay. after he aged out to the first day, uh, about three years old, he started getting all his services in school.
0: Okay, and that's how it works, right? You age out at three and then you have to look for different. Now are you looking for like or do you have to be hands-on to look for these services or is something the agencies recommend another agency to? How does that work? Um,
1: no, it works now through the Board of Ed. So okay. now he's working with people in the school. And if I don't feel comfortable with a science with a therapist, then I can have him work with another therapist that the school provides. So now everything is done through
0: the Board of Ed. Wow, wow. So it's a very intricate process. And they're, and they're hands-on. So how do you feel about the – because the Board of Ed gets a lot of flack, not for nothing, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they get a lot of flack. And, you know, like what's, what – how do you feel about the Board of Ed? Could you give them an evaluation, if you will?
1: Hmm. I mean, they try, but I don't, I don't stand down, you know? I don't stand down. I just feel like I run with whatever I feel is best for my son, and they could either make it work, or I'm going to find another way to make it work for them. So that's just how it is. I just don't stand down.
0: Okay, so you feel like the, the Board of Education here in, in New York City has, has, a lot of, has a lot more work to do when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, that form of education.
1: Yeah, I feel like the help is very limited.
0: What do you think they should do better?
1: I think that they should offer more, uh, better opportunities, more help for children with disabilities, especially, Um, you know, I understand that I don't blame the teachers because he has excellent teachers that people that he's working with right now, they're so excellent, you know, they're really great people. However, you know, most of the, during this pandemic, I've been doing most of the work myself. I had to become a teacher overnight and it's been very hard I feel like there's not enough support for children with disabilities and that's why they're not talking about it in the news all you hear about all oh, the graduates they can't walk down the aisle and all this other stuff but where what about the children with disability what about the parents that have to become teachers and, and have other children or have jobs they have to cook they have to shop what about us you know they don't talk about that because our help is very limited
0: so you feel like that's where the resources need to go like to actually help the the mm-hmm. the, the parent you know yeah so, you know, how do you feel about people that say, oh man, you know, you, you um, you gotta blame, uh, people, the men you know, especially who, you know, leave their, who who leave their children behind and, you know, aren't there to help, help, you know, give that 50, uh, the other 50% that's missing. Like, you know, how do you feel like that? You know, what do you feel about that situation? The people that blame them, like, Oh, it doesn't matter how much help you're going to give them. They're always going to need it because they don't have two parents, you know, and the household is broken. Hmm. I feel like, I don't know,
1: like you just, I don't know. Personally, I, I, I just, you know, put my shoes on and I, time too and I just keep on going, like you just I just keep on going. Don't depend on people and just I get the help that I can get and if I can't get it I'm doing it myself. That's just how I feel. You know? I just don't stop. When it comes to my son, it's like I'm getting the best help that I can get for him. And if I have to do it myself, then I'll do it myself.
0: Now, are there any, like, t- uh, parents unions and, or, or, you know, parents associations that actually, you know, meet, meet together and, and try to bring this up to the teachers union and, uh, and you know, the, the educational boards?
1: Yes, they have uh, parents or uh, PCA meetings and stuff like that. They, they do bring it up and they have parent support groups and they talk about all
0: that stuff. All the topics. Mm-hmm. Now, do you feel like the parents are engaged or you you feel like there should be more engagement?
1: Um, their parents are engaged. I mean, it could be a bigger group, and uh, but um, they definitely
0: our parents engaged. Yeah, no, because there's you know there's power in numbers, and you know, and that's a you know that's a politically that's something that people always say. Oh, I've, if there was such a big problem, why aren't there more people showing up? And I I've, I honestly sometimes agree with them because if there is an issue and you feel passionate about it, you know. I feel like you if you can't go yourself send a representative make it open to, for people to send representatives like how we send representatives to represent us in, in politics we should be able you know if you can't make it as a parent because you're overwhelmed with what it is you're doing you should be able to send a representative to get you information to, to speak your voice because mm-hmm. and I feel like it's exclusive like they don't they don't I don't feel like they don't, they don't allow that unless it's just like your child is in there they really don't they're not really open to that idea
1: Right, I agree. That's exactly how it is.
0: Mm-hmm. And you, do you think that would be helpful if if people were like be able would, to send it, representatives? That's yeah,
1: that's what makes a difference. When people stand up and they see that there's oh, you know, more of a people complaining about the same thing and and you know trying to make a difference, they listen more to a larger group than a small group. And we all got to come together. They, that's the only way we can make a difference.
0: Now, in terms of like telling a parent, you know giving a message to the parents that are out there dealing with the situation also what you've gone through in your personal life you know kids kids that are you know are dealing with with cancer right now what would your message be to them as a person that has dealt with this on the front lines hardcore um I would say be strong I know that I know
1: personally offhand how hard it to be I have days where they pray and I have days where I'm breaking down crying because so hard but as long as we keep pushing because we have a, a purpose and that purpose is our children and no one's going to take care of them better than us so we have to be strong and you know one day they're going to make us proud and it'll all be worth it in the long run because God first and everything else is going to
0: happen and to the children you know in the hospitals right now dealing with cancer going through chemo things yeah. of that nature what would you tell them
1: so be strong and always wear a smile find Find happiness and things
0: that you enjoy doing and never give up. Uh, it's a beautiful message. And now it is time, Miss Burgos, to play Five Words with Angel. All right, today on Five Words with Angel, I'm going to give you a word slash phrase. You're going <laughs> to tell me the first word that comes to your mouth. Miss <laughs> Catherine Burgos. Here we go. The first word is autism. Strong. The next word is children. Love. The next word is COVID 19. (laughs) Over (laughs) it. I know we're (laughs) all. How do you feel about the kids being being sent back to school that are that in those COVID high COVID areas? Do you feel like that that's, that's cool or not? That's very
1: that's a horrible idea, and my son is not going to school anytime
0: soon. They better come up with a new plan. <laughs> All right, I hear that. All right. The fourth word here on uh, slash phrase on five uh, five words with Angel we have the Bronx. Home. All right. <laughs> And the last word is a curveball. The last word on Five Words with Angel. And I know how much you rock with these cats. The New York Yankees.
1: Oh, I love them. <laughs> Number one.
0: Oh, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, are there? do you know of any... Uh, Places that people can go to donate or whatnot um, to uh, or, you know, uh, do, you, do you have the address of the Board of Education that people could write to, you know, about this situation for the people listening all over the world that, you know, are touched by your story and the things that you've been through? Um, I, can, I can find
1: out the information through the PPA meeting but all okay. I don't have it available right
0: now. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll list it. What I'll do is, you know, when you get me that information, I'll list it, you know, the week, uh, that your, the, the podcast comes out. So people can go and reach out to them. All right. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Now, um, no, give my best to little Ray. Cause thank you, you. miss Catherine Burgos for joining us here on the angel of words podcast. We really appreciate your time. We really appreciate your story. And, uh, Everyone out there, like she said, be strong. Don't let nobody tell you you can't do anything because at the end of the day, it's up to yourself. Will, look at this person right here. I remember her, you know, growing up, you know, you know, holding on, giving you hugs, making sure that you felt like you were a part of us. You know what I mean? When you didn't have any hair and you were going through all your tough situations in life. And, uh, you know, I remember visiting you all the time and just showing you mad love. And, you know, that's my message out there to everyone, man. You know, give each other love. with love we conquer with love we take over with unity there's strength with 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 division there's nothing you know and thank you so much because i really appreciate you i'm very proud of you and i'm very proud of the work that you've done with ray and uh Mm -hmm. you know i will be paying attention and uh you take care of yourself okay thank you so much
1: thank you
0: so much for having me take care you already know you too Bye bye Hey everyone, I really hope you enjoyed the powerful messages given to us by the mother of an autistic child and cancer survivor, Ms. Catherine Burgos. If you want to continue following the Angel of Words podcast, please click on that notification bell on YouTube. You know that you could also follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to know what I'm up to on my social media, please follow me at Angel of Words E N T. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. Talk to me.